0: Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We are into the final hour of today's episode. Final hour until I get to head home and celebrate Baby Piper's first Halloween. The boss is telling me not to to talk too much about Baby Piper, but I love her. She's adorable and I can't wait to see her in her little skunk costume. Mom sent me some pictures today uh, and they're adorable. Anyway. Uh, let's pick up the story where we left off. Just before the break, we were talking about the history of Gallup polling. Specifically, well, first off, if you you weren't with us in the first segment on this topic, uh, Gallup. Did you know that's a person? That's not just some made-up word. Yeah, Gallup is a person. George H. Gallup, as a matter of fact, born in 1901 in Iowa, lived until 1984, and he in the 30s had a thought that you know we really ought to understand exactly the desires of our listeners and of the readers of our of our of our periodical specifically the literary digest he had put together some questions uh, about what is it that he that, that readers were enjoying you know, b- before, before Gallup had stepped up, uh, he-, he said that there was a time that the most common way to find out if a reader was interested in your newspaper was to pull the crossword puzzle out and then to count the number of complaints that came in. Gallup took it a step further. He threw an entire newspaper in front of someone and demanded that they explain exactly what they like and what they didn't like about it. In a moment, uh, I'm going to play for you an explanation of how this type of polling works uh, from 1952 in the words of George Gallup himself. But first, uh, we need to pause for a moment for an emergency notification. The state of Utah is issuing an emergency alert. COVID-19 is spreading rapidly with record cases. Almost every county is now in a high transmission area. Hospitals are being nearly overwhelmed. By public health order, masks are required in high transmission areas. Social gatherings are limited to 10 or fewer. Visit coronavirus.utah.gov forward slash Utah dash health dash guidance dash levels to see your county's information. Be careful. All right. You get that message. You had it delivered to your phone as well, I'm sure. Uh, and the, the interesting kind of historic nature of that alert, it is the first that has been delivered in that fashion uh, since the dawn of this coronavirus pandemic. All right. Uh, when alerts like that come down, uh, it's, it's a serious business. It's serious business. And the numbers uh, today in terms of the spread of the coronavirus are serious business as well. Uh, I, I don't want to dwell too much on this. You have the alert on your phone. You know what to do. But I would simply point out again that we set an unfortunate record today. 2,292 additional Utahs have tested positive for the coronavirus. Three more Utahs have lost their lives, and there are currently 318 Utahs lying in hospital beds receiving treatment for COVID-19. We can do something about it. The instructions, you know them. They are in the alert. I'll again plea for you, put your mask on. Keep your distance. Be smart. Wash your hands. We can pull this off. Alright? I'm sorry. I get get worked out. When I see these numbers and I think about that, that people are in these situations, and especially the deaths, you know? If there's something we can do to avoid it, we oughta, right? All right, let me get back let me get out of my funk now and get back to the story at hand, which is that of George Gallup. George Gallup, the founder of Gallup Polling, uh, an innovator, and really accelerated the industry of polling a great deal. Now, I know today you might be rolling your eyes and saying, yeah, polls, they get it wrong. Look at 2016, and we've got Trump, and blah, blah, blah. I I know, and I get it, and it's an evolving science, right, or art, however you view it, Uh, but it, it started somewhere, and it had uh, some interesting beginnings. We're looking at those now. In 1952, George Gallup here, uh, the, the inventor of Gallup polling here, explains how his poll works. In every Gallup poll, we include people from all walks of life and in the right proportion, uh, farmers, skilled workers, uh, white-collar workers, business executives, uh, women in the middle-income groups. Uh, self-interest is an all-important factor in determining how uh, each of these groups vote. You hear that? What he was describing there essentially was a, a sample pool. And if you've ever taken statistics, you know about that. But to apply it in the way that he did during the time that he did it, it was revolutionary. George Gallup here describes in 1952, he explains how polling as we understand today, isn't perfect. We poll takers proved in 1948 that uh, polls aren't infallible. But at the same time, we know that no better method has yet been found for uh, measuring political trends. Uh, Since 1948, we've made a, a number of improvements in our procedures, and we have applied them in this election. As you heard him admit there, you don't get it right every time. You go with the best you've got, and he viewed his process and method as the best he had. Again, he didn't get everything right. And in the 1930s and 40s, there were motions regularly introduced in Congress calling for an investigation into the influence of public polling on the political process itself. The polls are a racket, and their methods should be exposed to the public. That's what Walter Pierce said, a Democratic member of the House. He wrote in uh, 1939, That was the same year that Time magazine uh, called George Gallup uh, a pollster. One concern was that the polls were jury-rigged, was the phrase used. In the presidential election of 1944, Gallup underestimated Democratic support in two out of three states. And when Congress called him in for questioning to answer the charge that the Gallup poll was engineered in favor of the Republicans. The Gallup poll was engineered in favor of Republicans. That was the accusation leveled against Gallup. He explained that anticipating a low turnout, he had taken two points off the projected vote for FDR. You see, I, I mentioned science and art. There are little tweaks that have to be made. And if you were to peel back the curtain on how polls are conducted today, you would find uh, behavior much like this. There are certain factors uh, that must be considered beyond just what the person on the other end of the phone uh, <laughs> reveals to the pollster. Gallup explained that and as he anticipated that tur- that low turnout, he had taken two points off uh, the projected vote for FDR. And in another instance, a congressman voiced concerns that the polls were, quote, uh, in contradiction to representative government. Pollsters ap- appeared to believe that the United States is or ought to be a direct democracy. Now, you know I love newspapers uh, and old ones at that. The Salt Lake Telegram, a publication here in Utah from 1944, uh, Gallup got it wrong again. It was reported here. In 1948, the week before Election Day, he said, We have never claimed infallibility, but next Tuesday, the whole world will be able to see to the last percentage point how good we are. We Well, get, get this. He predicted that Dewey would beat Truman. And I bet you can close your eyes right now. Don't do it if you're driving, but you can close your eyes right now and picture the, the image of, of Truman holding up that newspaper. <laughs> Wild stuff. Uh, There's more I'd love to share with you, but i got to move on here quickly. Uh, When Gallup died uh, in 1984, he was 82 years old at the time, uh, uh, Time magazine assessed his legacy, legacy this way. It wrote, He may not have always been right, but his attempt to measure what Americans wanted prematurely changed the nation's political systems. Decades later, That argument still holds, and we are seeing it play out just today. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, I want to share with you uh, some tips on how to avoid disinformation. Right now, I am sure if you get on your social media, you will encounter multiple uh, multiple multiple efforts to influence the vote that you will cast here if you haven't cast it already. There are those who are looking to disinform you, I have some tips to share with you on how to avoid that next on live mic. I'm Lee Lonsbury and this is KSL News Radio. Is your phone buzzing right now? As you listen around, maybe you are, uh, maybe you're driving. Do you feel your your pocket vibrating? Are you at home? Do you hear that uh, that noise that comes from your phone when an emergency alert is issued? Yeah, mine did. In fact, I have the the door open here in the studio, and I could hear not only my own phone, but the phones of all my coworkers out in the hallway go off. Uh, this is a first. This type of emergency alert is the is a first here in Utah since we have entered into the, the COVID era. If you haven't seen it yet, I'll read it. It says, uh, from the state of Utah, COVID-19 is spreading rapidly. Record cases. Almost every county is a high transmission area. Hospitals are nearly overwhelmed. By public health order, masks are required in high transmission areas. Social gatherings are limited to 10 or fewer. Visit coronavirus.utah.gov forward slash Utah dash health dash guidance dash levels. If you go to coronavirus.utah.gov, you can navigate your way there. That is to see your county's information. And the last uh, plea of this emergency alert is be careful. Uh, This is the first emergency alert of this nature that we've seen. Uh, To my memory, we haven't seen anything like this. I I remember in the earlier days, there was uh, an effort to create, uh, was it like a geofence uh, at one point, and those folks who were driving into the state of Utah, the plan was to alert them via alert this way to, uh, you know, some of the needs they had to, you know, uh, report their symptoms if they felt any. Or, uh, anyway, uh, this is what do you think about this? If, if I'm honest, I'm not sure exactly how to react. Uh, it, it, it feels like it elevates things. This explicit reminder of the public health order that masks are required in high-transmission areas. That's most of the state right now. That's most of the populated state of Utah is under a uh, high-transmission alert right now. Masks, limiting social gatherings, under 10. That's how we're going to beat this thing. Over 2,000 cases. That's the first year in Utah. Hospitals are nearly overwhelmed. Anyway, uh, you've probably got the alert by now. You don't need me repeating what you're reading in front of you. I want to talk to you now about something absolutely fascinating. Uh, producer Amy, producer Amy has gotten to know me pretty well over this past year, and she knows she knows the type of information that will get me excited. And she, yesterday, as we were planning today's program, she said, "Lee, Lee, I've got I've got just the thing for you." What do you think about Gallup polls? She asked, and I said, "Polls? You know, you know, I don't trust polls." You, you know, I don't trust polls. They're never right. Look at 2016. I went down on this rant, right? And I said, look how look how uh, Joe Biden is performing this year compared to Hillary Clinton in 2016 and all those states that uh, Donald Trump ended up winning. And that was all because of polls mis- misled us. Anyway, she, she knew first uh, how to get me riled up and then how to calm me down and uh, and get me excited for this segment here. She says, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not talking about like the actual numbers of Gallup polls. I'm not talking about Gallup polling today. What I'm talking about are the origins of, of Gallup. Who is Gallup? And she informed me that Gallup, in fact, was an individual, a gentleman named George Gallup, born in Jefferson, Iowa, 1901. As the election nears and more and more polls come out predicting a winner, one poll is a little bit different. That's George Gallup's poll. You've probably heard of Gallup polling, of course. President Trump uh, even talks about the results of Gallup poll. In North Carolina, just last month, here he is opining about Gallup polling. You know, there was a poll that just came out. It was, I think it was Gallup. And it was a weird kind of a poll because it said 62% of the people that are polled are lying. I said, that's a big number, right? I think it was 62% a couple of weeks ago. It came out. And they're only lying... If it's us, because they don't want to be bothered. In other words, they're not lying about Sleepy Joe. They're lying about us. And I don't know if I'm supposed to love that or hate it. I don't know if it's an insult to that, but we'll take it. We don't give a damn. (laughs) But if that's the case, we have a virtual landslide going. Okay. Well, who knows what that means exactly, what the actual uh, indicators are of that poll or what it found, but there is the president referencing Gallup polling. The latest Gallup polling this week shows, and I'm not going to dwell on numbers, but I just want to give you a sense of where we are now, and then I'll take you back to where Gallup uh, began. It's fascinating. President Trump now, according to Gallup polling, uh, shows a a job approval rating of 46%. In the last measure before the election, his approval rating has fluctuated between 42 and 46 percent in Gallup's September and October polls. The average there, 44 percent. Now, let's turn back the hands of time. You know me. You know I love history. Uh, Gallup, Gallup started in 1935, created by George Gallup, Sr., In a May 1948 cover story, Time dubbed him the Babe Ruth of the polling profession. Not the only or the first pollster, but the most famous and the one who defined the game. And in so doing, changed the history of American politics. At State University of Iowa, he ended up editing the Daily Iowan. He developed an interest in figuring out who was actually reading the paper. Who was actually reading uh, the paper? He set out to answer that question. He wanted to know which parts they liked best as well. And he says, quote, At that time, a common way of measuring reader interest was to yank out the crossword puzzle for the week and count the complaints. Pretty clever. (laughs) Gallup adopted the startling device of confronting a reader with a whole newspaper and asking him exactly what he liked and didn't like about it. Now, today that seems that seems like common sense. We do similar things like that here in this business. In fact, uh, it wasn't that long ago that there were segments of my program presented to uh, listeners, and they were asked what they thought about it. And let me just tell you, <laughs> that is a nerve-wracking experience <laughs> to hear to hear you know what people think very directly and explicitly about your program. Lazy kind of bear. In 1936, in his syndicated column written by George Gallup. He predicted that the Literary Digest would calculate that Alf Landon would defeat FDR in a landslide and that the Digest would be wrong. And he was right about both. He says, I had the idea of polling on every major issue, he explained. He began uh, insisting that this work was essential to democracy. Polling on every issue was essential to democracy. Elections came only every two years, but, quote, we need to know the will of the people at all times. Gallup claimed that his polls had rescued American politics from the political machine. Favorite reading of New Deal Washington is a different kind of column. The Survey of U.S. public opinion. From offices at Princeton, New Jersey, a famed statistician, Dr. George Gallup tells Washington from week to week what the nation is thinking. Quick break, and when we return, you are gonna hear George Gallup explain how his poll works in his own words. That's ahead on live mic. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.